Welcome to the CSIS Cogit Asia podcast, where we think deeply and reflect on policy in Asia. I'm your host, Will Colson. This week, we turn to healthcare innovation in India. India faces enormous healthcare challenges. Nearly half of all children in India are stunted, mainly due to poor sanitation and hygiene, as well as inadequate nutrition. In some states, the prevalence of acute malnutrition among children is as high as 35%. India's maternal mortality ratio of 174 deaths to every 100,000 live births has improved markedly, but still lags behind that of poorer Asian countries like Cambodia and Bhutan. And social practices make improving health indicators very difficult. For example, less than 40% of Indians have access to improved sanitation. India's capacity to respond to these challenges is limited. Though a relatively rich country, it spends only $75 per person on health care, compared to $420 in China and $135 in the Philippines. While India's cities boast world-class facilities, it struggles to provide affordable care in the country's millions of far-flung villages. Corruption and mismanagement further dilute the impact of India's limited health care dollars. Even when India's poor manage to reach a clinic, they often find the doctor is missing, or a lack of basic supplies. Dr. Sunil Wadwani, who was born in India but made his career in the United States, believed that many of India's healthcare challenges could be tackled not by spending more money, but by spending it more intelligently. His WISH Foundation has put this belief into practice by taking over the daily operation of hundreds of local clinics in the rural Indian state of Rajasthan. The foundation's goal is to make each clinic an effective primary healthcare center at a cost the state government can sustain. India's largest state, and one of its poorest, Rajasthan, offers a high-difficulty proving ground for the WISH Foundation's theories. WISH is now expanding into the very different, but equally challenging, environment of urban Delhi. As part of the U.S.-India Innovation Forum, the Wadwani Chair at CSIS hosted Dr. Wadwani for a discussion on how innovation can help solve India's healthcare challenges. After the event, he sat down with senior fellow Richard Rossau to talk about his work and his vision for the WISH Foundation. So, Sunil, uh, thanks again for coming out for the podcast today and for the event that we just held. Uh, it's been uh, terrific getting to know more about the Wish Foundation and, uh, and getting to share, I think, with the wider audience a bit more about your terrific work in India. Uh, let me just start off by asking, why innovative healthcare? Uh, what makes innovation so crucial in the healthcare space? Uh, first of all, Rick, thank you so much for having me over here. I, I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to be, uh, be over here and be associated with CSIS. Uh, innovation in healthcare is crucial for a, a variety of reasons. When you look at developing countries like India or countries in Africa, etc., they've got a certain set of healthcare challenges having to do with how do you treat communicable disease like malaria, TB, because these problems are still rampant. You've got new problems of chronic disease like heart disease and diabetes and COPD that are now developing in these countries. How do you deal with all of that? Innovation is a great way to deal with it. When you look at developed countries like the U.S. or countries in Western Europe, certainly here we have a much better idea of what we have to do to treat these diseases, et cetera. But here costs are spiraling out of control. And I do believe that innovation can be a great factor in helping bend that cost curve. So whichever set of countries you look at, whatever the challenges in healthcare, I believe innovation is a big part of the solution to dealing with these issues. How do you assess a healthcare startup or a new healthcare approach when you're making the decision to invest? What do you look for, and what's a red flag? Uh, three simple things. They sound simple, but they're not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is the value proposition that the healthcare innovator has. How compelling is it? 
and how unique is it? The reason I mention that is when you look globally at healthcare innovation, there are tens of thousands and more likely hundreds of thousands of healthcare innovators. So whatever specific area of healthcare one might look at, how do you assess which are the best ideas that you want to back? And for that, like I said, I start with the value proposition that the innovator has, how compelling is it, and how unique is it? Second is the operating model that the innovator has. How is he going to scale up, and can he scale up profitably, quickly, and sustainably? Surprisingly, very few innovators and business plans pass that test. I mean, it sounds very obvious, it's not <laughs> that easy. The third thing has to do with the leadership team and the management team of this organization. Uh, how well can it scale up? Does it have the right skills and the talents to be able to do that? If you can get all those three in place, and like I said, relatively few organizations have all three, then you've got a winner, a potential winner. Well, clearly the, the need is, is quite large in India, but do you find India to be a hospitable environment for introducing healthcare innovation? Uh, and what does it need to be a, a world-class healthcare innovator in India? Here's the paradox, uh, Rick, in a country like India, and I would say India is very emblematic of similar you know, low-income and middle-income countries. There is a great deal of healthcare innovation happening, meaning there are a lot of healthcare innovators who have really interesting ideas, whether it's for low-cost diagnostic devices or therapeutic devices, uh, how to use mobile health, you know, cell phones for better healthcare, et cetera. So there's a lot of ideas. The challenge is very few of those have been able to scale up to any great extent because of all the systemic issues. Systemic issues have to do with weak infrastructure, have to do with inadequate government spending, low numbers of medical personnel, inadequate training, et cetera, et cetera. As these issues get dealt with, and I would suggest that, in fact, there's a greater need for innovation in these kinds of areas, even more so than in devices and so on. But as innovation helps these areas get better, you will see a much more vibrant environment in which these uh, healthcare innovations can scale up. So uh, hoping, of course, that others see uh, the fact that you've been successful in this venture and think how can they make a dent in the system as well, a positive dent. What have you learned from more than a year and a half of operations uh, with local healthcare centers in Rajasthan that would be the first things you would tell to others that want to get involved with uh, state-level healthcare delivery in India? What are, the, what are the main lessons that you learned as you dug in deep? Uh, I'd say the key lessons, Rick, are the following. Uh, whether it's India or whether it's any low or middle income country, if you want to have impact at scale, you really need to work in partnership with government because they are the ones who provide health care to the bottom of the pyramid. So whether you're talking about poor people living in rural areas, which in a country like India is 70% of the population, 800 million people, whether you're talking about people in urban slums, if you want to reach out to that segment, which is really where the need is, A, you have to work in partnership with government. Secondly, uh, uh, like I said, there are a whole slew of innovations out there. So rather than being reactive to each innovation that comes up, it makes sense to really do a systematic search of all of the innovations out there, identify which ones are the most promising, which meet the kind of three tests that I mentioned earlier, and work with that smaller subset. So that's the second lesson, and that's what we're doing in my foundation. The third is you need an area of focus. You know, healthcare is a giant area. You can be dealing with hospital, you know, ways to improve hospitals or primary care or have a device or, a, you know, or a, or a pharmaceutical drug or something. 
you need some kind of focus. And I truly do believe that the area where one can have the most impact in healthcare, especially in improving conditions in these developing countries, is in the area of primary healthcare. That's the foundation of healthcare in all of these countries, in fact, in any country. That's where when anyone gets sick or has a problem, that's where you interact with the healthcare system. And unfortunately, in many parts of many of these developing countries, the primary healthcare system is quite dysfunctional. And innovation brought in in an intelligent way can really help these systems improve. So those are some of the key lessons. Focus on primary healthcare, work in partnership with government, and select the most promising innovators to work with. Well, you talk about partnerships, and, and obviously, you know, you're building a network of, of those that have come up with innovations, uh, the partnership with the state government. Um, how important are partnerships? I mean, within that space of, of, of working with the state government, finding innovators, you know, kind of at the grassroots level, are other partners important to be able to build a network the size of yours, or can, can somebody sort of do it, it by itself? And in fact, is there, is there benefits to one or the other on, on controlling the model um, or, or having others that can weigh in and leverage based on things they've done perhaps in Rajasthan and other states before? I totally agree, Rick. Uh, partnerships are crucial, especially if you want to do things at scale, especially if you want to have impact on a, on a you know, large scale. Partnerships are actually absolutely crucial because especially in an area like health, there is virtually no organization that I can think of that knows everything. So for someone like us, like my foundation, where we work to improve primary health care, I mean, there are so many aspects to primary healthcare, right? Whether it's dealing with communicable disease or chronic disease or training healthcare workers or running primary healthcare clinics or mobile health applications. So we have a number of partners that we work with in areas like infant nutrition or, you know, pregnancy care or, you know, how to treat uh, premature babies, et cetera. So having partners who bring in that specialized expertise, I believe, is absolutely crucial. Uh, government is an example, as I said, of a partner to do things in scale. So having the right set of partnerships is, to me, critical in being able to do things at a large scale. Uh, so you obviously have uh, rolled out in Rajasthan and are doing the same in Delhi. Uh, sounds from a distance like two very different contexts. Rajasthan looking at rural clinics, Delhi, uh, slum clinics. Uh, what are the different challenges you face in an urban setting? And is it um, you know mostly the same model just with some tweaks, or is it a very different model and approach to, to do the same kind of things in an urban setting? It's, uh, it's kind of between the two, <laughs> Rick. It's the same fundamental model. Again, how do we improve primary healthcare using innovation? So the innovations that work for us in a rural setting, by and large, work in an urban setting. Having said that, though, the challenges are quite different. When you go into rural areas uh, in India, population density is much lower. Uh, uh, getting physicians out there is, or medical personnel into these rural areas is a huge challenge. So how do you deal with that? How do you encourage people or you know, poor people in rural areas who very often are illiterate, how do you encourage health-seeking behavior, you know, preventive health care and so on? Those are the challenges in rural areas. In urban areas, the challenges are different. Now, you've got access to medical personnel because you're in an urban area. That's where doctors are. That's where medical personnel are. Uh, but the disease profiles are different. Uh, diseases spread at a much more rapid rate, you know, things like malaria and TB and so on. So there are differences. But innovation, again, you have to be cognizant of those differences and adapt your program to these differences. But once you recognize those, you know kind of which innovations to bring in that will be most effective in each setting. Well, uh, last question I have for you. Um, how big do you imagine Wish Foundation growing to? Is it, um, is it something that you know, would be a partner to most state governments across the country? Is it something where you hope you provide the lesson 
and others pick up the you know the uh, the the maybe the uh, the outreach uh, in other states. How big do you think uh, this could and should grow uh, for yourself, and then for the concept about an external group coming in and, and being kind of a partner and laying out uh, better procedures and policies? Well, our aspirations, uh, Rick, are fairly ambitious. I mean, when we got started uh, two years back, uh, we set the goal of providing access to good quality primary health care for 10 million of the poorest families in India. Uh, that was by the year 2020. Two years later, this year in 2016, we'll, we're already doing it for about 3 million families a year. So I think we're well on our way. The longer term goal, though, is, is, is much more aspirational. It's how do we ensure within the next 10 or 12 years that everyone in India, and hopefully in all developing countries, has access to good quality primary health care. That's the real goal. Obviously, that's part of a bigger goal set by the United Nations, the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, the SDGs, uh, that all countries aspire to by the year 2030. We think providing access to primary health care is a crucial pathway to reaching those goals, and that's what we are aspiring to. Well, Sunil, the Wish Foundation really is a pioneer, and it's been very exciting to involve you in our work here at CSIS, and thanks for coming by this morning. Rick, it is absolutely my pleasure. Look forward to continuing to work together. Thank you. As you've heard, innovation is a core component of the Wish Foundation's strategies. Wish seeks to scale up innovative solutions to India's problems by implementing them across dozens or hundreds of local clinics, constantly analyzing effectiveness to see where interventions can be bettered. Acting as an angel investor when necessary, WISH evaluates innovations for potential and then provides rigorous field testing, constantly seeking to scale them up for maximum effectiveness. When Dr. Rodwani initially suggested he take on the 20 lowest performing clinics in Rajasthan and run them with the same budget the government would have utilized, the state gave him the 100 lowest performers, and then hundreds more after the first year. Here at CSIS, we'll be watching India's attempts to improve its healthcare management through innovative efforts such as the WISH Foundation. That's our show. Sincere thanks to Dr. Sunil Wadwani for sharing his experiences and analysis of the innovative efforts underway in India's healthcare programs. The audio for this podcast was edited by Francis Berkham. The podcast was written by Sarah Watson and produced by Jeffrey Bean. To learn more, visit our new look CSIS.org and KajdAsia.com. You can follow our Asia programs on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, RSS, or email on CSIS.org. Stop by our updated Asia Maritime Transparency Initiative site for groundbreaking analysis in Maritime Asia. And check out our new Reconnecting Asia site. Also be sure to check out our latest China Power podcast. I'm Will Colson. Thanks for listening.